1: coffee and
0: biscuits yeah. do you know those like cookies that only come out during christmas they in come in the tins? tins
1: yes yes they so. don't actually only come out at christmas
0: well i feel like they do i feel like they're just appropriate for that time. that's when i see them
1: but people like all the vendors will give their people tens of cookies yeah so you see them at christmas time So
0: Chris went to Rite Aid with Rin because she's working on perfecting her slime. She's been working on that, you know, slime. Uh So they went and then he got tins, tins of cookies.
1: There they are. I don't think I got your email. Oh, no, here it is here. Sorry. Although (laughs) I don't think I can read it. (laughs) Too small? I need cheaters. Let me see. Okay. Are you comfortable? Vianne? With you? What's your yeah. middle name? Vianne. Vianne. Yes, I can scoot closer. Abby Vianne, Vianne? Buckshaw. Yeah. Joyce Weimer so Buckshaw. Different. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, Don't say that. That's embarrassing. But I'm that's going like-
1: to. We're not going to have shame. Love does not traffic in shame. <laughs> <She> love's <me. laughs>
0: Sam's, you're so tall. Jeez, when was the last time we used these? We haven't
1: They're been like here not forever. Even
0: correctly. Oh, pull that up a little bit. Just the. Just, just No, 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 no. Yes. There you go.
1: <laughs> I'm reading her bio. Oh, okay. What are all your musical instruments? Piano? I, I played
2: piano. I played the
1: flute and the marching French horn and the oboe and handbells. Were you in marching band in, at United? hmm How about Mount Union? No. Were you in the band? No. no. Actually,
2: I was a flag. I was on the flag line in marching band. So I did that during march, marching season. And then during concert season, I played whatever. Oh, my gosh. Lady.
1: What kind of sentence did you end this bio with?
2: What does it say?
1: It's from the pit of hell. What does it say? (laughs) I'm still struggling with my self-worth on a daily basis. I am not profound in any way. (laughs) I'm not profound. That is from the pit of hell. I rebuked that in Jesus' name.
2: (laughs) Rebuked. Because I listen to these podcasts and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing.
1: You're going to be amazing too. And you're going to help people that feel like you feel.
2: I'm ready for a new season.
1: Me
0: too. I'm ready I to know. slide
2: right out of this one and Let's slide into a new, new one. It.
0: Can we all? I would love to. Yes, please. It's been a year.
1: You've been at the upper room for a year yep.
2: now. Oh my gosh, that's awesome.
1: How do you feel like you've grown over the last year?
2: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I okay, mean, tell us. Well, because I've said in Sunday school class, I've been in church my whole life, but never a church like this. So coming here for me was like like being born again, actually. like I've, I've learned so much since I've been here. For example, you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, I never knew that was a thing. Hmm. I never knew that was a thing. And now it's a thing. And it's a thing and it's a big thing and it's a thing that everybody should want and I didn't hmm. even know it existed. There's so many things I think that I've learned since I came here that that existed that I had no idea and I have been in church almost my whole entire life. I feel like everybody should come here. I mean, I feel like I walk around and I'm like I have the best church. Ever.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. I loved so much. Even Chris's sermon on Sunday, I was thinking there were a couple of points that he made. I told him, I said, man, that was so good. And I feel like I need to sit in that. But one of them was just something that I did appreciate was that he kind of went through some of the church history, that Christianity came to the United States. And at one point, the attempt to remove the supernatural from that and make it such like a cerebral religion Mm -hmm. and how it just never works. It can't work. And how it's thriving and growing in all these countries all over the world because they've kept it the supernatural faith that it is. So I just love that you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I didn't know that being baptized in the Holy Spirit was a thing. And it's a big thing. Yes, it's
2: a Mm. big... And I feel like once once people get a taste, it's like once you get a taste of it, you just want more and more and more. Like, how can you go back? How could I ever go back from to where I came from and not saying that those places were bad places? You know, I'll never forget I was getting kind of restless at a previous church and somebody in my Sunday school class saying, "You know, this church was really good for this person at this time. That was kind of profound to me. Like I don't ever want to say my time was wasted somewhere. yeah, because at each place I went, I think I grew a lot spiritually. But boy, this is like fivefold. I don't know how the upper room is not packed with people and overflowing and not having enough room because I just don't know how people aren't just like I want to. I want that. I want that. I want a taste of that. I want more of that. I want more of that. I want other people to feel what I feel. I want other people. I feel like, you know, you want when you're feeling good, when you're feeling joy, when you feel something good, when you go to a great restaurant, you tell everybody, oh my gosh, you got to go eat that. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing. You just want people yeah. to experience one of the reasons I left my previous church was for that. Like I said, I want to be somewhere where you pray for healing and you expect it in the moment, not down the road. I mean, it could be down the road, but it also could be right now in this moment when we're praying for it. I want to be in a place where people believe in miracles and believe that the Holy Spirit can move through us and is moving through us. And I just don't think a lot of churches preach that. Did you come here with Chandra? She is the one who was like,
1: you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Bethy. It's Katie. And we are here today with the beautiful, wonderful, (laughs) Miss Infamous, Abby Profound, and Buckshaw Joyce Weimer Buckshaw. There's a long story behind that long name. That's a tongue twister. We'll get into that later. Abby was born and raised in Salem, Ohio. She's the middle child. She has an older sister and a younger brother. Her parents are divorced, but they still hang out together at family functions. Yeah. Oh. She graduated from United Local.
2: I was a cheerleader too. I was the big, Ooh. tall, gangly Awkward girl in the back row.
1: (laughs) She went to Mount Union College and got a degree in education. Mm -hmm. And she's been married twice. Her first marriage lasted 13 years, and she had three kids with her husband. Owen is 18. Riley is 15, and Layla is 10. Her second marriage lasted three and a half years. It ended last year around this time in October 2021, and she started coming to the upper room in November of 2021. 22 years you've been teaching?
2: 20. I was hired there in 2001, so this would be year 22, but I have three years in the system before that, so this is technically year 25.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Abby's been at United Local Teaching. She has 25 years in, 10 years to go till retirement. She teaches second grade. Mm-hmm. She went back to school at Kent and got her master's in education. Curriculum and instruction. That was before I had kids. So that was a great time to do it. Uh huh. And if anybody's confused right now, she goes by Abby Buckshaw. Yes. She's jumped feet first into the Upper Room. She's Uh been in classes, Sunday school classes. She joined a SHINE group. She's involved in the women's ministry. And we are so blessed to have you and your family here at the Upper Room, but also to have you here tonight. So
2: welcome. Well, thank you. And we're super blessed. We're super blessed to be part of this church. I just think all the time, just little surprises and little unexpected gifts that we're getting just by being here, so mm. I love it here. Oh, Tronda was like, "If you come once, you'll never not go back." Oh, <laughs> and she was right. We came. I came once, and that was it. And Ike, the first time I came, I had some kind of an allergic reaction in my eyes. Marta probably remembers because she she came up to me and she knew who I was, but I had like. Big, my eyes were swollen, almost shut. I had my glasses on, like no makeup. And she was like, let me just pray for you. But I thought, well, I don't know that I've ever looked worse than this. So I'm going to church looking like this and it can only go up from here.
1: (laughs) We planned on having Abby on the podcast in February which we had a conversation in February about you being on the podcast Mm -hmm. and you were a little bit discouraged about where you were in life. And I said, just wait from a year from now, your story is going to be amazing, but she's already amazing. And so we have Mm -hmm. her on in December. So Abby, tell us who or what turned your light on? So that is, I
2: was thinking about it. I've been thinking about that question. And then today I was like, oh, I think I have a completely different answer. Oh, (laughs) I think the truth is for me, honestly, my light gets turned on and then maybe it dims for a little bit. And then God puts someone else in my light, life that relights my light. And then it dims for a little bit. And then, because if I think about my past, I grew up in church. I always knew Who God was, I knew who Jesus was, but they weren't my friends. You know, they were just this person, people that lived in the sky. And I knew Jesus was born and he walked on the earth and he was a person that lived as a man and felt the things that we feel. But it was never a personal relationship. It was never someone that we were taught to turn to in our time of need. I think it was a very surface level education almost. It was like an education, not like Mm -hmm. this can be life changing for you. But there were things and people in my life, like my mom's mom would pray all the time. And like if if I would go to her house and I didn't feel good, she would say, well, I just, in Jesus' name, I just say you're healthy right now. No, no, saying we're not accepting that sickness. <laughs> and so that was my first memories of that really being poured into me that this is actually like somebody I can talk to and I can ask for things to, you know, and then, um, you know, my mom followed in her footsteps. My mom is still she's the first person I call if I if I need prayer or if you know, I just need someone to talk to because she she knows where I am spiritually. She knows she knows all of my doubts and my fears and she knows all the ugly parts of me and all the good parts of me and she's very accepting. My mom's always been able to she's been able to say kindly and lovingly and respectfully in a way that doesn't hurt me. Like, you need to check yourself, you know? Yeah, that's so good. My mom's grown a ton, too. I mean, I, I can look at look at how she's grown from her when I was a little kid to, to where she's at now. She's pretty amazing. I had an aunt who I used to, I just always thought I just want to be like her. They were super involved in their church always. And I just remember being there. They, they lived in Michigan. She's passed away, but she was the kindest, most gentle person who had this big laugh and was so full of joy. And I never heard her say anything bad about anybody. And she was involved in church. She sang in the choir. She sang on the praise team. She had groups of women at her house all the time. They were involved in the youth ministry. I just remember thinking, I want to be like her. I want to get whatever she has because she's not angry. She never gets angry. She's... She's so calm and collected and she's so funny. She loves to laugh and she has this big laugh. And she passed away very unexpectedly and it was a huge blow Mm -hmm. to our family. I just feel like literally different times where it's almost like God sees me going down this rabbit hole and he just pops somebody else in there, pops somebody else in there because I'm surrounded by people at work who I can go to. I mean, there's a great group of women at school that are, I mean, prayer warriors, Like we we will get together and pray for people. We will go to their rooms. We will lay hands on people. I mean, there's women that I work with that pray in tongues over people. And that's kind of an awkward answer. But I just feel like I don't know that I could say one person in particular. Mm
1: -hmm. Can you pinpoint a time in your life where someone pointed you to Jesus and he became more than a figure in the sky, when it became more than religious and you actually felt it for yourself? I think that in my
2: adult life, when I went through my first divorce, it was devastating. And I wanted it. I wanted out. And so I was kind of surprised at the emotion I went through because it was, you get to the end of that and you're like, is that who I am? Am I that person? Am I? I remember praying at the end of that marriage, God, show me the truth. I don't know if it's me, I don't know if it's him, I don't know what the truth is. There were a series of events that happened at the end of that marriage where I could see God at work very clearly. And one of them is a supernatural experience. I sat on my bed the night that he left and I had been in the bathroom, he had come in the bathroom and and we had gotten into an argument and he said he was leaving and I kind of followed him out and I went into the bedroom and he was packing some things and Yelling and yelling and yelling at me the whole time. And I just prayed, you know, God, if I'm supposed to stop him, give me the words. And if I'm not, just shut my mouth. And I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and I literally could not open my mouth. I couldn't open my lips. It was like I had a metal clamp over the top of my mouth i couldn't respond to him and he was screaming in my face you're just going to let me go you're not going to say anything i couldn't open i couldn't open my mouth to say anything going through all that is when god became real to me in a, in a whole new way because i didn't know how i was going to make ends meet from one week to the next i had no money no money saved up for christmas gifts for my kids nothing I would come out of church, and there would be a $50 Giant Eagle gift card on my windshield. came home from church multiple times, and there were bags of groceries sitting on my back stoop. And I, to this day, have no idea where those came from. I mean, people were so generous. And it was like every time I was like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow. He just showed up again and again and again. And I... I remember feeling like I wanted to die, like I just didn't have a purpose at that point. I mean, there were just so many people that spoke into my life and sent me songs to listen to and prayed for me and I just I just hung on to him with everything I had through that. And that was when everything changed for me. It became truly truly personal then, you know. I think I thought it was personal before that, but it wasn't really personal until I didn't know how I was going to make it from one day to the next, you know, physically or physiologically, mentally, I didn't know how I could go through another day. Mm -hmm. So that was a point, I think, where everything changed for me. Mm -hmm. How many years ago was that? 2015. Yeah, it'll be seven years. Our divorce was final on the December 21st. So it'll be seven years.
1: Feels like a lifetime ago. When I hear about stories where other people Help turn people's lights on. It's just so encouraging to me because I feel like sometimes it's very e- easy to think, like, oh, what I do doesn't matter or it's not making a difference. But, you know, when you keep pouring into people and pointing them to Jesus, stories like that, it does matter. Mm-hmm. And it is important to keep trying to do that. I still
2: have people right now that are really financially pouring into me. They're praying over me. I don't know what I did to deserve the blessings that I'm receiving right now, but man, I'll pay it forward someday. Someday I'm going to have lots and lots of money, and I'm going to give it out to everybody. In the meantime, though, I'd like to say I'm officially on recording that i keep waiting every week for my name to be drawn for change for a dollar and chris never pulls my name far. and um, i'm waiting she can bless somebody with that i don't even know who it's going to be but i can't wait to do it i cannot wait to just walk up to somebody and be like here's 50 dollars yes I can't wait so I, I trust my name will be pulled
0: if, if your name's on the list it's
2: on the list I put my dollars in every Sunday. I always make sure I have dollars in my purse. I'm going to run up there when he calls my name like I'm the next contestant on the prices. Yes,
1: I love that.
2: So tell us, Abby, what lights you up? People. I love people. I love to serve people. I love to make people happy. I like to make
1: people laugh. That's it for me. That's it. Good thing you love little people, too, because you've been teaching second grade for how many years? So 22, and then I taught third for a year and first for a year.
2: Oh no, I did title a year too. So that's so it's, like, it's I don't know. It's been second grade for a long time, but I love wow. it. I love the little baby. I love them. They're my babies.
0: You still feel that way?
2: I do. I still get excited when it's time to go back to school in the fall. Do you? Yep. And I love going to work. You know how many people can say that? I, I don't still. Know. I still love going to work.
1: That's a blessing. It
2: is. It's also a really great year this year. Ask me two years from now, and my answers might be a little bit different because yeah. it all depends on where you're at. And But, um, man, it's a good year. I have a great group of kids. I love it. I get to see the beautiful side of autism. I get to work with a little girl who has cerebral palsy, and she's in a wheelchair, and she's just an angel. And Just every single one of my babies, I can – Oh, I just love them so much. I'm a hugger and probably in a school someday that's going to get me in trouble. But God knows that I always feel protected by mm-hmm. him. I always feel like, you know, he knows I'm there to so let those kids know that they're loved. And so I love those kids. And Did you have a teacher that inspired you? My mom and dad were both teachers. My dad, he taught for 35 years at United, so he retired my first year. He said if you stay as long as I did, there will have been a buckshaw here for 70 years. But my mom, my mom taught at Robert Bycroft, so she um, is an expert in special ed. I had fantastic teachers growing up. I really did. I had Connie Shoke. Shout out to Connie Shoke. She was I didn't I didn't have her, but uh, she was one of my mentors and she she's she was amazing. We we there's fantastic. Women of God there that I know were praying for me when I was little and were still there praying for me when I came in as a brand new teacher. So
1: that's know. so good to hear because it can you can get really distraught with the state of education sometimes yeah. and it's so good to know that there's believers and Christians who are in there praying for kids and mm-hmm. making a difference. And it's easy. Private. It's easy to get
2: up to get caught up in the distress because if you think, you know, it, it's it's demanding and it's it's a totally different world than it was when I started. There's definitely challenges that I I never thought that I would experience in second grade. But um, United is where I'm at. It's where I've always been. So I don't know everywhere else, but I know there that there is a strong group, and I just feel kind of like protected, like God. God sees me and he knows what I'm doing there and he knows I'm loving on kids and I'm never going to not hug a kid who has headlights. I'm never going to not hug a kid who has bed bugs because I feel protected and that's probably would make some people crazy thinking, how can she think that? But I just do. I've always had this feeling like I'll be okay, but don't throw up on me. That's a whole other story. <laughs> I might smack you
0: then. <laughs> I would definitely push you away. Yeah. Well, I feel like at church... You can see it on Sundays when I see you. I feel like that's really obvious that people light you up and you enjoy people. I don't know. One of the things that stood out to me when you started coming was that you had also started coming to Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. And when other people would speak, I'm going to sound like a creeper, but like it was so fascinating to watch you watch them because it's like they have your full attention and I remember sitting in class and watching you, watching somebody else and thinking, this is so amazing because it's so rare. I just feel like in the in the time and the culture that we live in, attention has disappeared. It's like you are totally in it with them, like no matter what they're saying or where they're at or how they're responding to an experience or telling a story, like you're in it. Also, you're so free with your kindness, you're so complimentary to people. It's just another reason why it's like so easy to see that people light you up or that you enjoy people.
2: Hmm. I never it's thought It's so
0: about that. lovely. When I'm with you or I watch you with other people, that's what goes through my head is that like it's very obvious that you enjoy people.
2: I feel like I have a lot to learn from people. And so like when I sit in Sunday school or I'm sitting in church or we're at Shine or wherever we are, I just love to hear people's stories. That's why I love the podcast so much because I love to hear people's stories. So when people are talking and sharing those experiences, I felt, especially coming in here new, I felt like a baby. Like I just wanted to soak everything up because I was like, I'm so far behind. I'm so far behind. I need to do I need to learn how to do that. And I want to be able to do that. And I want to do that. And so watching and and listening and learning from everybody around me was and still is like a big part of being here, is I want. I want to get to the place where I can come into church on Sunday morning and I can put everything aside. And I'm not there yet. You know, that's something I still struggle with. I come in here and I bring that baggage in with me. And sometimes two weeks ago, Tronda was like, are you mad? Oh no. Because your face, (laughs) you look mad. (laughs) Well, I was trying not to cry. I was real emotional that day. So I'm standing like this. And as soon as she leaned over and said that, I was like, I'm fine. Like, don't talk to me. I'm going to cry. There's so much more I want to do, and there's so much more I want to be, and I just want to glean off everybody here. I want to be people here.
0: Well, it's really beautiful to watch, and what you have is rare, and that's one of the things I appreciated also when you started coming. Like, Beth introduced you as kind of jumping in feet first, and oh my gosh, if we could all be that way, just jumping in feet first, you know, because people and learning is like so Mm. important to
2: you i left a really 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 tight life group i didn't leave the life group the life group tried to maintain but almost all the couples ended up going their separate ways from the church that we were at and it's hard to maintain after that but it was a smaller church like this and i was desperate in my soul for that kind of connection again and i knew once i came here the only way to get it Mm. is to throw myself in. And I keep telling myself, like, Abby, it took you a long time to get that established at that other church. It's going to take you a while to get established here because I just want to come in and know everybody. I listen to these podcasts and I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know who they, what they look like. I want to find them in church on Sunday. <laughs> or I'll say, I said to to Beth Friday night, I'm like, I think there's some new people in here, but maybe they're not new. Maybe I just think they're new. I still feel <laughs> like I'm new enough that I just don't know yet. like. I just want to know everybody. I want to be a part of the family. And I feel like I'm getting there. Yes. But I, I hunger that's something I hunger for. And you know, a lot of people want to go to church and get lost, I think. But I don't want that. It's not for me.
0: That's profound. What? That is.
2: Do you know what you say on every podcast? And I was really waiting for you to say on mine. My- Tell me. I'll say that's it. So good.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: that's so good. <laughs>
0: well isn't it better that I say that's profound yes I will I will take that you got a profound that. I will take that I just think well that's a great mm. statement you can totally get lost and some people really like that they do that's not for me not the point
1: I love hearing about people who love the podcast because they love hearing people's stories mm. makes it all worth it
2: mm. it's fascinating where people have been and what they've gone through and so when it's like a rerun of something I've already heard. I'm like, darn it.
1: (laughs) Move on. I need some new, I need some new material. (laughs) We haven't had that many reruns. No,
2: no. But I go back and listen to some of them twice. And I'm like, cause they're just, who are your favorites? Who was on two weeks ago?
0: Oh, Carol Keller. Yes.
2: Yes. Listening to her was fascinating. The life that she has lived. I mean, wow. Wow. Jared's was good. I loved, I had to see his mullet picture, of course, after you guys Oh my gosh. (laughs) I went to church with Bill Acevedo. Well, he's William, but he was Bill when I knew him. And I remember when he met Millie, you know, I was part of Bill's life when he was going through a really hard time and he was part of my Sunday school class. I remember praying for him and, but hearing the stories, I had no idea how he grew up. You know, hearing his story and hearing Millie's story about her son, her baby, and
1: oh my goodness, just, I don't know that I have a favorite. That's good. Listen to them all, because they're all beautiful stories. Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit, but in this season of your life, how are you letting your light shine? I think I'm trying to serve
2: people as much as I can. I try to host my parents, my family, my friends. I, You know, I'll take things to school, and take some kind of a treat to school and it's unexpected. And I just like to make people feel good. I want people to feel special. I want people to feel worthy. I want people to feel like somebody sees them, like they're seen and appreciated. You know, shooting out an email to the staff or texting my parents and saying, hey, come have
1: meatloaf or whatever. You just did this to our family because Friday night, we had Shine and Jaden was feeling sick. She was in bed. And I said, do you need anything before I go? (laughs) She said, will you bring me back some soup? (laughs) And I was like, no, (laughs) where am I going to (laughs) get soup from? I'm like, I don't think I'll be bringing you back at soup at 10 o'clock at night. And she's like, okay. And Abby hosted. And guess what she made? She had made homemade soup and she made Jaden a care package, and I brought Jaden home homemade soup at eleven thirty. Yeah, ahead. it was like eleven thirty at night, and she was still up. And she was like, "My goodness!" So I told her, I told Abby, I said, "That was a hug from God." Oh
0: my gosh, to
1: Jaden because I wasn't planning on bringing soup home. Call me, I might have it. So sweet. <laughs> I mean, it seems small and minuscule, but it was like. That was like a heart's desire of her when she's sick. And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen tonight. You know, you want Mm -hmm. something else? (laughs) And your generosity was an answer to somebody else's request when you didn't even know it. Well, I hope she she liked it. A little
2: spicy. Maybe kick some of that sickness out of her. Yeah, she loved it. (laughs) I think teaching, too, is part of letting my light shine because... I always joke, I probably shouldn't say this on camera either, but I always say like, my kids may not leave my room the smartest of the bunch, but doggone it, they're going to leave my room knowing how loved they are, no matter if they think they're a werewolf or if they're in a wheelchair or if they're not where they should be academically or whatever. I mean, my kids are going to live, there's something beautiful about every single one of them and they're going to leave my
1: room knowing that. I mean, Have you had any students come back who are now adults because you've been teaching so long? I do. You
2: know, kids tend to it feels like remember their high school teachers, not not so much their elementary teachers. Now I feel like you know I hear kids talk about their high school teachers, and I don't feel I've gotten a I've been nominated a couple times by students for they do like a the seniors can nominate a teacher, and so a couple times I've been nominated for that. But yeah, such a small community. Like I have students now of. I shouldn't yet, but I do, but definitely like lots of my students are now having babies and I grew up in the community, so I know their families and it's kind of a nice, some people don't like small town USA, but to me it's when there's a tragedy, everybody pulls together and I just, I love it there.
1: That's special to be at some place for that amount of time and still love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: I do. Was an alumni cheerleader this year, got out there, made a full autumn. Oh, Yes. Yes, I did. You know what? My asked me when I got up. Mom, did you put your diaper on today?
1: Oh my god! She's like, you're
2: gonna, you know, you're gonna. <laughs> I was like, well, I probably am, but let's not tell everybody that.
0: <laughs> and what you just got out on the gym floor and
2: on the, we went to a football game. It was okay. a whole oh. big thing, whole big thing. Oh, oh. yeah, yep. did you have to
1: relearn the cheers? Or you oh, we sure them? did.
2: I didn't know anything. I was just out there throwing my arms around. I didn't know what I was doing, but it was fun. Oh my goodness, we had such a good time. That is so great. much fun did a big old bow in my hair that's so good tried to do a split i didn't but i'm the girl that every year at our christmas assembly i'm the host so i put on the most outrageous outfit that i can gather big poofy skirts and like just obnoxious poinsettias in my hair and and i host it for the whole elementary for all the kids
1: well i want a picture of that you know i
2: i will do whatever i have to do to get a laugh out of those kids i will sing and i like to sing i mean i i can kind of sing but i will sing like an idiot you know i will do gymnastics or a dance routine or pretend i'm ice skating or whatever i have to do so they know like okay we need somebody to be an idiot let's ask abby she'll do it oh my gosh. and i love it because it makes them laugh mm-hmm. and that's that's
1: what i like to do bringing joy wherever you go
0: well you shared one supernatural story about your son Mm-hmm. But no, did...
1: in her mouth, getting In my mouth.
2: Oh, in your mouth? Yes.
0: Do you want to share any more? Do you have any more to share?
2: The only other, I was thinking about this. The only other one, and I feel like there's probably one that I'm forgetting, but the only other one I can remember is I remember a night when Layla was a baby and she was super fussy and I just, no matter what I did, I could not get her to calm down. And when she was born, The world of baby stuff had advanced, you know, because it was five years between her and Riley, and Riley got nothing new because she got all Owen's hand-me-downs. So it had been several years, and we'd graduated to a camera baby monitor so I could see her. I didn't have that with the other two. And I finally was so fed up, I was like, I just have to – I got to lay her down and walk away. And I went downstairs, and I was watching the monitor, and it literally looked like it was raining on her. I could see – Almost like somebody was up above the camera sprinkling glitter, I could see all of this, and she immediately got calm. She immediately rolled on her side and went to sleep and I felt no fear. some people would look at that and feel very afraid. I felt no fear I felt very much at peace at peace I knew I just knew like this is her angel. I just knew it
1: do you want to share about it's people. You not sure about what God told you at church the other day. Oh, uh, we boy. listened to you. That I'm was the Sunday I came in
2: like this with my arms crossed. I was mad. Okay. Feeling bad, feeling really convicted, feeling really ashamed. Sundays are hard for me and I don't know why. I can't wait to come here. And I get here and I am like I am filled and then I leave. And I struggle really bad the rest of the day. And I don't know why. You know, I used to sing on praise team at my previous church. I remember standing on stage and feeling untouchable, feeling like no matter what, when I was up there singing, I remember feeling, it doesn't matter what comes at me, I'm going to be okay. And I didn't have that feeling always when I wasn't up there. And I remember like, I can't get enough of that. Like I want, what can I do to take that feeling with me out the door and keep it with me the rest of the week? So for me, I'm still, I still struggle with that. And Sundays are hard for me. I don't know why, but I'm like, why can't I take that? Can I tell
1: you why I think it's hard? Sure. Please do. I think because you're still hanging on to shame and you look around and you see families and couples and that's your heart's desire and that's not where you are in your life and you get caught in the comparison trap. Yeah, I think that's
2: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think some Sundays though, I I feel that. I feel joy regardless of that. But other Sundays, yeah, I I do feel that for sure. And I don't really want anybody after listening to this podcast to come up to me and say, "Well, you just have a distorted view of marriage or you have too high of standards." I'm so tired of hearing that <laughs> because I don't. I have a very realistic view of of marriage. Um I've been into and they were not easy and they were not, I know that marriages aren't perfect, but I do know that there are very healthy marriages out there. And I think a lot of them are here. And I have friends that have very healthy marriages that came from my previous church. Anyways, that, so, so I came in, I was just really feeling bad and I felt like ashamed. And I really, I cried through church a couple times. And then I just really felt like God was saying to me, it was Chris's first week of preaching for Advent. So he was preaching Wonderful Counselor. And I was feeling the need to talk to somebody who, because I have a lot, a lot of friends, but not all of them share the same spiritual beliefs that I do. So not all of them understand that there's certain boundaries that I don't, that I have set that I don't want to break down even whether they agree with that or not, it's what I choose to believe. And I don't want to break that down. So it was like the perfect sermon that I needed to hear that day because he was preaching about our counselor. I heard very clearly that day that I needed to take the next four weeks of Advent and really reset my focus. My focus needed to be on him and not on all these other things in my life. I heard a lot of things that day, like you know, Abby, if I came to you right now and I said, this is what you need to do, would you have the strength to do it? I I would like to think I would say yes. But at, you think about the things in your life that are like a drug to you that you know you should walk away from, but you can't because they're like a drug. If God said to you right now, Abby, cut it off, would you be able to do it? Would you be able? I felt like he was just really not being mean or judgmental, but just saying like, would you do it? If I if I was sitting right here in front of you telling you to do it, would you do it? It's time to refocus. It's time to put those things aside and spend the next four weeks. And then at the end of that four weeks, I feel like if I put my focus there for four weeks, then at the end of that four four weeks, it's just gonna stay there. It's just gonna keep moving in that. It has it woke me up. It made me it's made me make some changes and so so we'll see.
0: That's great. Mm -hmm. We're two weeks in.
2: Well, we were, oh, were a week and a half because it was Sunday, the counselor to Sunday, who how mighty our God is. Yes. So that was a week. True. So now we're a week. This is week number two. Yes.
1: Okay. But isn't that cool that you can hear mm-hmm. from him? Like he speaks to us personally about situations in our lives. And you're right. He's not being mean. He's calling us up and he's calling us to something higher because he wants what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And he can see sometimes when our choices aren't bringing the best for us or you know when we're finding comfort in things other than him, he doesn't scold and condemn, but he just says, there's a better way and I'm that better way. Walk with me. I mean, that makes you want to run towards him. I keep thinking about what Lisa shared in her inspiration session that Rich shared in a prophetic word that, Love does not traffic shame, and how much God, He just loves us so much. The things that we are holding on to that bring us shame, He doesn't traffic in that. So it's a beautiful thing to remind ourselves when we're feeling shame. Love does not traffic shame, so this isn't what He wants for us.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you
1: know, I also deal with a lot of feelings of disappointment, and that's a big one for me too. And I think that's good to talk about. Because I think God's big enough to handle our disappointments. And he wants us to take them to him and not just sit with them by ourselves. Okay, let's pep back up. Peppy, peppy, peppy. <laughs> That's right. We're, all, we're a former cheerleader. What?
0: <laughs> Alligator, crocodile. Let's get funky for a while. Get funky.
2: Ow, oh, ow. Oh, you were a cheerleader too.
0: No, I sat in the back. And made fun of cheerleaders. Oh, did you? That I was did. me. That was me you were making fun of. I was in my black hoodie with my hood on my head laughing at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. With black lipstick. Yep. Oh, it was black. It was black. <laughs> Anyways. Hmm. Glad to be here with you now. <laughs>
2: no longer making
0: Same fun of me. Same
1: <laughs> high school matters nothing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it does not. I think I answered all of your questions.
1: Those
0: were great. You did. You did. You got them all.
1: I got to wrap it up. Yeah. Over and out,
2: 10 No,
1: I got to wrap it up. Oh. And I'm... That was hard. It's a hot mic. Hot, hot mic. Oh. <laughs> That's old
0: school. That is old school.
1: I've got a bonus question today. Mm. What has God been to you in this season? In this season that I'm in right now? Yes. This
2: season, I experienced a lot more anger and feeling betrayed and abandoned by God than I did the first time I went down this road. So... You mean with the second divorce? Yeah. And I have struggled a lot with those feelings because also questioning myself, like, why are you feeling that way? You know better than this, but you're still feeling that way. This time I have this sense of you're going to be okay no matter what almost like a sense of peace and sometimes it's almost untouchable but it's still there. Sometimes it's almost like ju- it's just out of reach but I know I still have it. I know it's still there. So, I would say that he's been more of a constant like a like a strong tower. He can handle my anger and my feelings of betrayal and my from him like where did you go? Why did you let this happen a second time? I didn't want this the first time and here I am, divorced a second time and like he can just take, he can handle, he can handle it all. And I know after I'm done, he's like, okay, are you done? Are you done now? Because, you know, it's just me and you. I'm the same me. I've always been. We're going to get you through this. And I would say more of a strong tower, more of a constant, like I know it's steady this time. I can have those feelings, but I don't have the, I don't have the feeling of desperation that I had you know, the first time. And coming here, like I said, has ignited this whole new hunger for more, 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 more. And I think that he's, that's him just drawing me in and drawing me in and drawing me in. So.
1: Well, even as Christians, we can be in seasons where you feel like life just gut punches you and it's painful and it's shocking and you're not expecting it. But, you know, we have this saying here that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And if it's not good, it's not finished. But that truth that God, is good and he's faithful and he will see us through this stuff. It doesn't necessarily take the pain away Mm -hmm. or the shock away of, you know, sometimes it feels like life just sucker punches us and you're not even expecting it and it takes your breath away. And that's just a season or situations that we go through and they do happen to us. They happen to you. They happen to me. They happen to all Mm -hmm. of us. But yet we can say, but God is good and he's faithful and he is with us walking through the pain. Yeah, I think sometimes, and I think I kind
2: of alluded to this Friday night, sometimes I don't want to feel him because I feel like he's not giving me what I want. And so there's just this like uh, subconscious pushing back like, "Mm -mm. no, no, sir, this is not what I want. (laughs) Again, I feel like at the end of that, he's like, are
1: are you done? Are you done now? Because you know me. It's me. So if you're out there listening and you feel like you are struggling with disappointment or things have not turned out the way that you want them to, just to be encouraged to know that you're not alone in those feelings, that life can often give us those feelings. And we do feel like we get sucker punched or punched in the gut and things take us off guard. Even when we're walking with Jesus and we're living a life that involves Him, we still can have pain in our lives. And just so you know, you're not alone, but God is faithful and He loves you. He does not traffic His love and shame. And so we can rest assured that He is gonna complete the good work that He started in us. That's so
2: good. good.
1: Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.